Well, today is a scary set of readings, and um, this is actually God getting in our face today in this Word of God, getting right in our face. And I think there's some interesting challenge for us. And it, it's even more beautiful because of the two little girls who are being baptized today because it, it lifts up the question more clearly um, than if they weren't here being baptized. But I have to change the image. I have to give an additional image because I, I, I never like when it puts all the, the, the blame on God. Uh, and, and we hear a word that says what will happen to us and the implication is that God will do this to us if we aren't faithful. So, let me use this one. You go to the gym because you are interested in building up some serious muscle. And you've been going for a year, and I walk up to you and I say, you know, I know you've been going to the gym uh, uh, for the last year, but I don't see any muscle except for this one. And, you know, and so you say, well, I, I say, what do you do when you go? And you say, well, I go in the gym, and I watch everyone exercise, and I bring a bag of chips, but the real greasy ones, because I don't like the, the healthy ones they give, and I eat my chips and drink my soda there. So you don't exercise. No, no, but I go to the gym every week a couple times. Well, hello, going to the gym ain't enough. You got to do some serious exercises, right? You got to do the work. So to simply come to church doesn't make us holy. It, it doesn't necessarily do anything to us, except that sometimes it might even hurt us because we get bored. And, and let me say, the priest can be boring. I may bore you today, but you may just be boring yourself, okay? So it could be that you come in boring, you sit here boring, and you leave boring, and then you say, I was bored today. Church was so boring. Church was boring. Hmm, maybe. And it could be because we don't know what's happening. About 35 years ago, I had a conversation with my sister, and I always delight when I, when I heard this one time, like 35 years ago, and it's as fresh as it was when I heard it. Um, I was on the phone with her, and she says, I have a question for you, Perry, my brother, a priest, and you better give me the right answer or else I'm going to stop doing it. So I was really intrigued. What happened? And she said, how come when the priest, just before he reads the gospel, he does this and we all do it too. We put a little cross on our forehead and on our lips and on our heart. And I said, bad girl, bad girl. You didn't pay attention when we had Mass in Latin because those of you who are old enough, most of you aren't, we had the prayer book in one side Latin and the other side uh, English, and you could follow along. Probably it was true in every uh, culture and language, uh, Filipino and Spanish speaking and all of them. So, and it said that when the, when the uh, priest goes over or deacon re to read the gospel, he silently says, may the Lord be in my mind and on my lips and in my heart that I may worthily proclaim the holy gospel. So this is something that I think the priest or the deacon appreciates um, the prayer was there, but many people maybe didn't notice it when they were young and, or forgot it. And it's kind of like when the priest comes in, we bow, and then we go around and kiss the altar. Um, maybe some people don't even notice it, but that's how the priest enters and leaves. He kisses the altar hello, and he kisses the altar goodbye. And why? This is the place of the sacrifice. This is the place of the meal. 
It's a, it's a sac- this is the most sacred spot in the whole church. It, it isn't the tabernacle. That's different. In fact, in some churches now, they have the tabernacle in an, in an outside room. At the cathedral, it, you have to go into another room to see the tabernacle. But the altar is where it all takes place, the table of the Lord. And we kiss it hello and kiss it goodbye because we're touched by its sacredness and we want to express that appreciation for its sacredness. Now, there's so many other little things all through the liturgy. And it could be that we come and just don't know what they are or why do we do it and, and, and we truly are bored. We truly don't get much from it. So I challenge you, we can't be people who just go into the gym. We've got to do the exercise. And today the Word of God says that through these other images. Uh, in this song from Isaiah, and this is beautiful, it's like a minstrel uh, singing a song, uh, uh, this story or parable. And he says, you know, that God made this vineyard Israel. God called Israel his vineyard. And he filled it with grapes and goodness and, and built walls around to protect it and all these things to make this precious, bountiful vineyard. But this vineyard turned away from God. And they closed their ears and their eyes to God. And they lost everything. God said, oh, really? Really? This is the part I don't like. You really you do this? Well, good. I'll smash down your walls. I'll let the wild hogs come in. They'll trample all the vineyards. They'll eat everything. All your grapes will become sour. Whoa. Is that what happens? Can that happen? And this is what these people did to themselves. They didn't open. They, they, they didn't open to God. They went to the gym, but they just stood there and ate. Hmm. Now, the gospel says not what people did to themselves, like Israel, but what they did to others and to each other. So Jesus tells a parable, a story. And he says, and let's personalize it. So I am the owner of this vineyard, okay? And um, uh, I rent it to you, tenants. And uh, then I go on a trip, I come back, and I send my servants to go get the grapes, which you were farming to, to make a bountiful harvest for me. That you were living there free, but you were working for me. So when I sent my servants, you beat them up, you stone them, and kill them. Whoa. So I get word of that, and I send a second group of servants, a larger number. Maybe that will scare you or something. And you do the same to them. But I don't get it yet. I said, hmm, they did it to my servants and to more servants. What if I send my son? They Surely they won't do anything to my son. I mean, I'm the owner and that's my son. And you seize him and kill him because you say he's the heir. And if we can wipe him out, maybe we can take over this farm. So the most important part of this story is the very beginning. Who was he telling this to? Did anybody remember? Did you hear? Who did he tell this story to, this parable? To the chief priests and the elders, the, the head honchos, okay, to the big people. And he says to them, after telling the story, what do you think this man, this owner, would do now to those who killed his own son? And they said, the ones he was speaking to, he will take them and, and he will... A terrible death to all of them, those wretched people. A wretched death to the wretched people. And then the surprise comes. Jesus says, 
that's you. Haven't you heard? This is what they, the, to the stone that became the cornerstone. This is what you do. This is what you will do. Of course, he doesn't say it quite that simply, but that's where it leads to. And these were the people, the chief priests and the elders, who were going to lead the mob to put him to death. And they did. So, in these two stories, we hear people that have closed their eyes and closed their ears to God. They live totally for self, and they expect that to be totally satisfying. And their vineyards fall apart. They lose everything. Now, that is not to say that if you just come to church, we become good, holy people. Again, we have to go to the gym and do exercise. We don't just show up. Showing up ain't enough, okay? And I know that's bad English, but it ain't enough. But if we come and seek, if we are searchers, if we want more in our spirit, if we want that connection with God that makes life different, where we appreciate, where we look at everything, smell the coffee, smell the rose, and, and we say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for yet another bit of beauty and joy in my life. And we find ourselves connected. And that's what we're doing with these little girls today. We're connecting them. God loves them already. They don't have to become Catholic or Christian. They don't have to believe anything. And it could be that when they become 18 or 20, their parents were dragging them to mass all the time. They say, that's it. I did my part. I even got confirmation. Leave me alone. And then they don't come back to mass for years. It's possible. I see it all the time in the church. So what is today about, really? Today is about some people taking responsibility as parents and godparents to say, we want to share faith with these little girls. We want to open their eyes to some beauty that they might not be able to find on their own. We want to introduce them to a whole bunch of people who, on the day of their baptism, they prayed over them and blessed them, and they asked God for riches of spiritual goodness to fill their lives. And we want them to be connected to this God and to these people. And then, uh, by choosing the Roman Catholic Church, it's not the only church, but it's all of this that goes with it, all of these things, these things that are part of our culture of faith. And we give that as a gift to them so that they can discover God through this tradition, this particular tradition, one of many, one of many. And so that's what we do. And you know uh, the rubrics that follow now. We'll bless the water, we'll make the promises of faith, and then we'll bring these little girls to the waters of life. Now, we bless the water mostly so that we hear in the blessing prayer the meaning of water. It's the primary symbol of baptism. You see, because uh, without water, our bodies won't make it for long. We need oxygen first. Hi, honey. We need oxygen first just to live. And then right after that, it's not food, it's water. Without water, we dehydrate and die. So these waters speak to us of spiritual waters, Waters that fill our soul and give us life and keep us sustained always. So I ask if you could just turn toward the waters and extend your hand in a sign of blessing. <laughs> 